You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 46. All right, guys, we're continuing with Part 2 of 7 Life Hacks for a Better You. Last week, we shared the first three. The first one was rehearse a verse. Rehearse a verse. Get into the Word of God. Let that be your center of gravity. And sometimes reading the Bible isn't always uh, fun. Sometimes there's a discipline to it. It's like digging for treasure. You know, in your first shovel of dirt, you're not going to discover treasure. You got to go deep sometimes. To get a word from God, you got to be in the word of God. That's just how it is. To find the glimmer in the dirt, you have to pan the stream. And so I'm encouraging you to get some verses in your life that are mainstays that you can go to and get some fresh ones along the way. Then number two is don't rewind your mind. Stop living in the past. Stop going back to what was and move forward to the future. The Bible says God is a present help in the time of trouble. If you want to get your help, you got to live in the now. You can't keep going back because yesterday's mercies are not good for today. So stop tracking your progress and start trusting God's promises for today. So don't rewind your mind. And then number three, simple, but kind of humorous, eat the donut. Don't live your life eating cabbage with a cabbage attitude, a sour attitude. Learn how to have fun. Enjoy life. Go past that break room and then come back and get that donut out of the box every now and then. You don't always have to live a disciplined, rigid, structured, organized life. The Bible tells us that God has given us all things to richly enjoy or giving us all things richly to enjoy. He has blessed us. And sometimes we miss the blessings and the fun because we're so serious all the time. Don't take yourself so seriously. Learn how to lighten up. I like to give people a flashlight every now and then and say, lighten up, bro. God has given us life to enjoy. Stop being so uptight. Learn how to relax and learn how to eat a donut every now and then. So now today, we want to start with number four and give you the rest of the seven life hacks for a better you. You know, life hacks are just learning how to tweak things in your life to get the most out of it. And by the way, if this is your first time to the podcast, I want to remind you to subscribe to it. Uh, Leave us a generous review. Give us some stars and tell us what you think. And then share this with one or two other people in your circle of relationships that need to hear what you're about to hear today. So let's pick up on part two of seven life hacks for a better you. So number four is don't borrow trouble. Don't borrow trouble. Now this has several meanings to it, but I'll, I'll tell you where I got this phrase. Um, one time I was telling my wife, um, I was sharing with her some, some things that I was assuming that some other people were thinking or saying. And, you know, we all tend to do that. We all tend to assume that people either think the worst of us or are speaking about us or gossiping about us. And we get into those moments where our insecurities gets the best of us. 
And I was sharing this with her and she said something to me that sounded so wise and just like an old wise principle, don't borrow trouble. In other words, I was thinking the worst of what people were thinking and saying. And a lot of times when we do that, we're just basically making stuff up in our mind. We're overthinking while we think other people are thinking about us or talking negatively about us or saying bad things about us. They're probably just sleeping, enjoying their life, doing something else, and we're the farthest from their minds. Don't be so proud to think that everybody's always got you on their mind. Don't let your insecurities get the best of you. Don't borrow trouble. Don't go out there and take things out of the air that aren't even there, that don't even exist. You know, overthinking is creating scenarios in your mind that do not exist. Don't borrow trouble. Borrowing trouble is not the kind of debt you want to get in. You know, I've just found out lately that if people are going to cause problems on my social media pages, they're going to get in there and start arguments. I don't have time for it. You're getting blocked. It's not that I don't have, you know, the security or the fortitude to discuss issues with you or to defend my, you know, my beliefs or my systems and what I see, my perspective. But I'm just not going to give in to drama because some people just want to invite you into it. You got to guard your sanity. You got to protect your space and you got to make sure that you're not inviting trouble into your circle. I call it your little space, your circle that's around you. There's a wise proverb that someone once told me, are you ready for this? Are you you ready for this? This is a, this is one of the most wise sayings that will help you in life. As we're talking about, don't borrow trouble. Watch this. Mind your own business. Stop scrolling on social media to find out what everybody's saying. I like to even avoid reading my own press reports. I don't even want to dive into the comments that people are making a lot of times because it has a way of either making me feel too high or bringing me way down low. I mean, I feel like if somebody's going to make a compliment about me, my job is to say, thank you, pray for me. But if someone says something negative about me, it's, it's going to drag me down. So sometimes just avoiding your own press reports is some of the best advice I ever got. I just want to encourage you, stay away from drama. I have a little phrase, and I think I may have said this before in one of my earlier podcasts, not my monkey, <laughs> not my circus. You know, if, if you've got something going on that really doesn't affect my life right now, then I don't really need to jump into it and give my two cents to it and give my energy about it. And let me say this, please understand this, that what other people say about you is none of your business. Sometimes I like to say to folks, uh, here's your nose. (laughs) I found it in my business. Proverbs 26 and 17 says, interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. My father-in-law likes to say, who pulled your chain? That's just what we really need to do. Stop pulling on the chain of things and places and situations and social media posts and conversations that we have no business being involved with. Don't do an investigation as to what people think about you, say about you, because most of the time they're in their own conversation. And if you put your nose in it, you're probably going to get it busted. Proverbs 26, 
20 through 21 says, where there is no wood, a fire goes out. And where there is no gossip, contention ceases. Don't throw wood into other people's fire. Don't borrow trouble. You got enough trouble as it is right now. You got stuff going on in your life. You got situations that you need to deal with. Think of it this way. Think of reverse paranoia. Instead of suspecting that people maybe are saying negative things about you, or maybe that you're, you know, you're picking up on some negative vibes from people and you think it's about you, try some reverse paranoia. Suspect that people are actually plotting to make you happy or do something good. Or when your name comes up in the conversation, maybe just possibly it could be something good. Don't borrow trouble. Hey guys, I want to take a moment right here in the middle to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a generous review, give us five stars and tell us what you think, and then share this podcast with one or two other people in your life that need to hear what you're hearing today. We're talking about seven life hacks for a better you. These are things that you can tweak in your life. Good decisions on a daily basis will make up for a great life in the long haul. Hey, I'm so glad you're joining me today. I'm so glad that you're finding value in this podcast. And by subscribing, giving us a review and sharing it with others, it helps those algorithms work in our favor and increase our potential to help people discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of their lives. Thank you so much. And so let's jump back in now to the last three life hacks for a better you. All right. Number five, rehab your vocab. Rehab your vocab. And right here at the top, I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to one of our most played podcasts. It's actually episode two and episode three, mental health or mental hell, part one and part two. That will play in a lot to what I'm about to share with you, but words are your most powerful force. They shape the way you think and the way that you help others think. And so you need to change your words. You need to change the way you talk about yourself. You need to change the way you talk about others. Change your words, change your life. You need to speak upwards. <laughs> you need to speak upwards to go upwards. James 3, 5 through 12 says the tongue is a small part of the body. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. We got to change our vocab, everybody. We need to rehab our vocab. And some of you who are listening to this podcast right now are still reeling years later from words spoken to you as a child that were hurtful, painful, degrading, and demeaning. I just talked to a young person the other day in their mid-20s 
who are still struggling from something that a leader in the church said to them in passing. It was very short, but it affected them. It still has caused them pain to this day. Now, yes, do they need to get through that and work through that? Absolutely. Just because someone said something to you doesn't mean that you don't need to deal with it and change and grow from it. You can even grow from the painful things that people say. But the reality is what I'm sharing with you right now is that negative, hurtful words can affect us years later. Things that you've said to yourself as a child can be affecting you today. And let me just be the first to apologize for the person that's hurt you. There's a good possibility they didn't mean it. There's a good possibility that it was spoken out of haste and maybe their own personal pain and aggravation. But you can stop that flow, that generational curse by retraining your own vocabulary. Proverbs 18 and 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue, power of the tongue. Your tongue has power and those who love it will eat its fruits. Ephesians 4 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. And that means building yourself up, not just building others up, but building yourself up. Zig Ziglar once said, when you talk to yourself, speak kindly. I'm one that's known to talk to himself. People can hear me in the other room having a conversation with myself. It's one of my creative, you know, outlets. I talk to myself. I get things out in the open. I'm kind of less ashamed of it. The older I get, someone says, are you talking to yourself? And I say, that's right. And we're having a great conversation. So leave us alone and do the Z snap. But you have got to learn how to talk to yourself. Fill your mouth with positive words and positive results will follow. Guys, words create the way you think. And if you change your words, you change your mind. And when you change your mind, you change your life. How about starting with what God says about you? How about starting with what Christ has declared over your life, that you're the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath, that you have all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places, that you're seated with him, that he will never leave you or forsake you, that nothing can snatch you out of his hand, that you have a bright hope and a bright future and great potential to do great and mighty things. Daniel 11 and 32 says, they that know their God will do amazing things. Guys, start learning how to talk to yourself positively, build yourself up, obey the word of God and speak words that edify you and build you up and raise you up and remind you of who you are in Christ and who he is in you. So number five, one of the most powerful life hacks that you can do for yourself is to rehab your vocab. All right. Number six, don't argue with the ref. Don't argue with the ref y'all. Now, why am I saying all this? Who's the ref? What are we talking about here? Colossians 3 and 15 has an interesting translation. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. What does the word rule mean in that verse? The word rule is where we get the word umpire or referee. So read it this way. Let the peace of Christ referee in your heart. Man, that is so eye-opening. Because so often we make poor decisions because other things rule our mind. Selfishness, greed, pride, materialism, laziness, insecurity, lust, anger, fear, all of the things that compete for our space of peace. But the scriptures tell us in Colossians 3 and 15 to let the 
peace of Christ. What does that mean? It doesn't mean a peace of Christ, but Christ has perfect peace. Jesus has nothing in his mind that troubles him about you, about life, about religion, about anything in this world. Everything that Jesus thinks has a peaceful end. And that's the kind of peace, guys, you're not going to have peace about every situation. You're not going to have settlement and contentment in your life in every area. In fact, many times it's going to be very trouble. That's when you need to pull on the peace of Christ. What does he think about the situation? He's not wringing his hands. He's not folding his arms. He's not uptight. He's totally at rest. In fact, if he were alive, he'd probably be taking a nap on your couch like he was in the boat with the disciples when the storm came. Jesus was chilling out somewhere on the boat on a pile of nets while the disciples were freaking out. That's the kind of peace we need to pull on. Every great game has to have a referee. It has to have someone there to monitor and advise and call the shots. You know, we call them referees because we look to them for reference. The ref is the person you refer to when there's a misunderstanding and conflict because the referee makes the final call. We need to know that whatever comes up in our life, Jesus isn't troubled one single bit. And that's the reference we need to go to. He's refereeing our life. Jesus looks at us and he says, man, you're you're troubled about many things. He said that to Martha, remember? And then he told the disciples, where's your faith? You could have spoke to this storm yourself, but you were, you were letting yourself be afraid. Faith is a refusal to panic. So in those times when we feel the tense nature of conflict and it's at a heated moment in our life, we need to stop arguing with the ref. We need to trust what the ref is saying. We need to quit trying to make the call ourselves and look to him because when we let his peace rule man it's the right call y'all don't argue with the ref and if jesus says let not your heart be troubled guess what that's the call that's what the ref said so stop arguing with the ref because it never turns out well for you and remember peace is the referee. You know, the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. Our referee has the stripes to prove that he knows life better than we do. And so when he says, let not your heart be troubled, don't argue with the ref. When he says, you don't have to worry about tomorrow, don't argue with the ref. If Jesus says, don't put your nose where it don't belong, you don't have to argue with the ref. Let the ref make the call. Guys, Don't argue with the ref. And number seven, the final life hack, the most important life hack of all is remember grace. Remember grace. Here's a simple thought. Don't forget grace. Whatever life throws at you, whatever you feel, whatever you think, whatever aggravation or irritation or complications you run into, remember grace. One of my YouTube videos recently was called finding grace in communion and jesus said when you take communion remember me remember me not you not where you failed not where you messed up not where you fall short remember jesus how he's bigger than anything in your life you know 
When we say let's magnify the Lord, what we're doing is we're holding up that magnifying lens and we're seeing how big God is. It doesn't change his size, but our attentiveness to it can make him feel and appear bigger in our life then we've made him. You know, sometimes we make God so small. We make him smaller than the problem, smaller than us, less capable than we are of handling the situations. Our limitations are not his limitations. Remember grace. Jesus is always there. This phrase has helped me more than anything in my life. You know, it's easy to fall into the trap of failed expectations. You know, we get disappointed when things don't turn out the way that we planned it. But plans fail and people let us down. We miss the mark. Life is just going to get the best of all of us. And even more difficult is when we fail ourselves. Not when we fail, but when we fail ourselves. We fail us. We fail me. I fail me. That's unforgivable. It's easy just to get into that cycle of disappointment, regret, depression, discouragement, and defeat. But you got to give yourself liberal amounts of grace and give it to everyone around you. No one's perfect in themselves. We all fall short of God's expectations. Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and all sin and all will sin and fall short of the glory of God. No one can live up to God's standard. That's why, come on, he sent Jesus. That's why he gives us grace in the first place because we can't live life alone. We can't do it at all, actually. I always say the Christian life isn't hard. It's impossible. Jesus alone is the only way that we can find any type of sanity in life. And by all means, if you insist at looking at your failures and your sins, go ahead and look up at the cross because that's where they are. Our sin was nailed to the cross. So if you got to keep looking at your failures and where you fell short and your sins, then look to Jesus. Look at the cross because he bore all of our sin and our punishment and our condemnation. Yeah, maybe, maybe what you're striving for feels really out of reach. You may have even considered quitting, taking another direction. But hold on just a second. God's plan for you is still in motion. You've just forgotten what got you here. It wasn't your moxie or your smarts or your ingenuity or your genius. You know, you've relied on others and yourself way too long and way too much. You've been trying instead of relying. So you need to remember grace. I need to remember grace. And this vision, whatever it is that God's given you for your life, is not up to you to fulfill it or anyone else. So stop being disappointed when other people fail because it's not up to them and it's not up to you. Jesus said, I am the one who was faithful to call you and I am faithful to do it especially if it's a vision that's too big for you that's even better because now you got to totally rely on God remember you're going to get caught in situations where you're going to need to remember this life hack you're going to be there I'm telling you right now you are going to get into a situation where you are going to need to remember what do I do here I don't know what to do and that's a good place to be you need to remember grace because it's not what you do it's what God is going to do he's going to step in he's going to take over he's going to do what he called you to do come on guys this is something you should be shouting about right now Now, let me tell you something, and maybe you didn't know this, but if God is the dream giver, then he's the dream fulfiller. And when others fail and they will, and even when you fail yourself, God will never fail you. His, his hands aren't tied guys. 
He's not limited like I just told you before by your limitations. God will do what he promised in spite of anyone's failure to come through or even their ability to come through. God is not just a come through God. He is a come over and beyond. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Remember grace. I'm going to say it again. First Thessalonians 5:24. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. Stop depending on what other people do to get you to the place that God has called you. Quit believing that everything that happens in your life is up to anyone or anything else. Put all your stock in God. Remember grace. Man, I'm fired up today. I know you can tell I'm more fired up than usual. I'm preaching to myself up here in this podcast studio, and I hope I've encouraged you too. Hey, seven life hacks for a better you. Number one, rehearse a verse. Number two, don't rewind your mind. Number three, eat the donut. Number four, don't borrow trouble. Number five, rehab your vocab. Number six, don't argue with the ref. And number seven, remember grace. Hey, if this podcast has encouraged you, I want to remind you again to subscribe, leave us a generous review, and share it with one or two other people in your circle of relationships that need to hear what you've heard today. Hey, listen, I'll be back again real soon with another encouraging teaching, something to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.